It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Anyway, I've already done the, the intro, Melly. Knocked it out of the park before oh, you got you? here. No, yeah, I still need to hear it tomorrow. Because professionalism is, <laughs> and that is what I want, Okay. <laughs> This week is 1-0 to the CFC and us here at TMT are up to our knees in crap referees. There's a return to Europa League action and we're asking how much of the flights to Red Bull. Also, we've got the dirtiest story involving China since that wrestler did a porno. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tins. Hello and welcome to episode 152 of 20 Minute Tins. I am your stand-in host, Stephen, the sort of... Plan B, the Maro and Fellaini of Celtic Podcasting. With me, as always, he's part of the furniture, the Mr. Reliable, the Javier Zanetti of oh, Celtic Podcasting. It. It's Martin Melly. Yes. Yep. And making his second appearance on the podcast, it's the, the super sub, the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer of Celtic Podcasting. It's from the History Boys Abroad podcast, it's Gilly. Cheers for that, thanks for having me back. Your most recent episode of History Boys uh, was on the racing club ties from 1967. That's right, right. yeah. Um, I've listened to it, very informative and entertaining as always, but if anyone listening to this hasn't heard it yet, I urge you to go and and do so, but why pick that? Why are those games important? It was just one of those games that a lot of Celtic fans have heard about, but there's, there's um, only certain levels of information about it out there and we'd seen an article by the Celtic fans in the Shamrock which is excellent right. if you don't read that I'd really advise people who are listening to have a wee look at what they do uh, the guy Paul runs that it's excellent got a brilliant knowledge of Celtic and they wrote a, an ex- excellent article on it and they managed to highlight uh, a fan who'd been at all three games so when we were talking about the topics we just thought that would be excellent if we could maybe speak to them and get some knowledge but we managed to get in contact with Paul, who said he'd be happy to record it with us, and hmm. he would do his best to actually get a hold of Frank Maguire, the guy who'd been the three games. So we managed to get a date together, and we could record it, um, the three of us, and it seemed it's come out quite well. Frank, uh, the old boy who'd done uh, a lot of the talking on it, who was talking firsthand, his knowledge and his memory about Celtic, he's seen Jim McGrory playing, he's seen nine or and all that, absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I struggle to remember games from like 2015, Never mind 50 years ago when I was, well, I wasn't going 50 years ago, I should probably say, but uh, to have that, that level of memory is great. I, as I say, I would, I would urge everyone to check it out. It's, if you're into your history and if you're listening to Celtic Podcast, you certainly should be. I would I would urge everyone to go and check that out. A couple of games to cover this week. More 1-0s. That's the last five domestic wins in a row have all been 1-0. Is it time to start kind of borrowing that old Arsenal song from the 90s, 1-0 to the Celtic? Hey, don't complain, it's wins. <laughs> We've not had two wins in a week from oh, how long? 
Uh, very, very true. Uh, when was the last podcast we had where it was just 100% wins? We used to just crack. Remember the Invincible season? We used to just crack through the wind. No moaning whatsoever. <laughs> long gone. Long gone. <laughs> but before we get to that, we're going to need to take you right the way back. Previously on 20 Minute Tims, we'd most recently recorded about the very disappointing result against Kamarnock, obviously. And that sort of rolled into early last week with all sorts coming out. As we all know, it's kind of open season on Celtic just now. It's all it's all happening. We've all, we'll get to all the all the stories in a minute. But how it started was basically Chris Boyd came out slibbering on, I think it was Sports Sound, maybe by this time last week, about how he knew for a fact that the dressing room was splintered and Cham definitely wants out. He's falling out with the manager and all that kind of thing. Right, what do we think about this kind of thing happening? My feeling on Chris Boyd is that yeah, he can he can break this stuff and start all these rumours all he wants, but he he has to stop straddling this line between ITK journalist and active footballer. He's an opposition player doing this, talking about opposition dressing rooms, which is absolutely he's he's basically he's like the secret footballer, but forgotten to be secret about it. <laughs> Not so secret. Aye, so, what do you think about him doing that? Because I think it's I think it's too easy to just dismiss it as total nonsense, as if he's just made it up off the top of his head. Because the unpalatable truth sometimes about football is that fans don't really want to acknowledge the fact that he's probably got pals at Celtic. Right? We kind of like to think of our players as being completely on our side. They don't talk to Rangers fans, they don't talk to anyone outside the club. That's probably not true. He might be getting decent information from somewhere. You'll have pals of pals, at least, who are at Celtic. Yeah, yeah. It's most and likely Commons, isn't it? Mm, yeah, that's what he does his BT thing with. Not to land Commons in it, but <laughs> that, that would be my guess. But I think any time a team haven't, aren't having great results and aren't having great performances, you'll probably say that there'll be a wee bit of trouble in the dressing room. Yeah. And there's so there should be. Because yeah. if, if you're not hitting the heights of the levels that you expected, I would expect Scott Brown... Tierney and a few other kind of the major players in there to be to be causing it and to be saying you're not doing your job right, you're not you're not doing this, you're not doing that. So it's it's only natural. As I say, it's, it's deeply unprofessional of him doing this. Just as I say, just spewing all his nonsense, just spicy hot take. Chris Boyd yet again, just, just getting away with what he wants essentially in the media. And did you see actually another favourite of ours, Tam McManus? The two of them were going back and forth, slagging each other's careers as well as a spice wall's going back and <laughs> oh, forth. It's hilarious. Sounds one to avoid. <laughs> After all that had quietened down, we had a wee bit of positivity. Yes, you know, didn't we? I was rallied. A rallying <laughs> cry for Brendan. Got me going on Tuesday. Press conference, came out swinging, took responsibility. Everybody was going to improve, going to work harder. Looking forward to the St Johnston game. Then it all comes out, doesn't it? It all comes out. For anyone who doesn't know, anyone who's lived under a rock for the last three or four days, there's been trouble a-brewing on Celtic media, Celtic Twitter, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. China syndrome. <laughs> China crisis. There's been all sorts of talk doing the rounds recently, from one source in particular, from one podcast in particular. But to be honest, that's not the only place I've heard it from. We do get snippets of things on occasion. The information is being sent out. I can I can confirm that. <laughs> not to come over ITK or anything like that, but as I say, if, if nobody knows what we're talking about, what has happened is... Some stories have leaked implying that Brendan Rodgers was all but ready to accept a job offer from China in June or, or July or whenever it was, sometime in the summer. And basically all hell's broken loose since. What, what, what do we make of all this? Let's try and unpack this. Some, I hate that phrase, but let's try and unpack that somehow. How how are you reading this this situation? Uh, it's a bit of a car crash. 
8 million up front and 10 million a year. So the story goes. Who yeah. knocks that back? Come on, that is an astronomical amount of money. I'd join a Rangers podcast for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. We'd go to China, but the Rangers. Uh, that's wild money for, it's not the same thing. I know mm. he's a Celtic fan and all that, but I challenge a lot of people to turn that down. It's going to be very difficult. Whether what's come from that is true, and it was said that from that, he was promised to be back to get money if they got into the Champions League, then obviously the Players weren't brought in to back him to get into the Champions League. He's raging. The border raging. Didn't want to back him because, well, he was leaving but promised him they'd back him. So that doesn't really make sense, Stop saying does it? back him. Doesn't really make any sense, does it? No. And your point on money there, Gilly, I don't know how you, you feel about this kind of thing, but I'm, I'm kind of loath to judge footballers or anyone really for that matter for for having an eye on that kind of thing because I know he's a manager and all that but you never know how things can go it can be a short career you really need to take your opportunities as they come and there's is there an argument to suggest he's maybe with all we know about what's happened in the last three or four months has he taken Celtic as far as he can possibly go? A, a lot of people have been saying that recently but I, I don't. I personally don't think he has because I'm sure when he first came in he spoke about really wanting to make Celtic better in Europe and we've improved slightly hmm. with him in Europe. We've got to Europe. We've got to the Champions League, and we're in the group stages of Europa now. But we haven't really made ourselves the force that I think we should be with the resources we've got. And hmm. obviously, last week there was a uh, the wages come out. I think it was like fifty nine million a year yeah. for that squad. I think we should be performing a wee bit better than what we have been with the European thing. That's what I was thinking there. That's the kind of the one uncharted territory for him to make some kind of progress there. But has has reality set in for him? Has he kind of essentially, pardon the phrase, but had his legs cut off a wee bit this season with that kind of thing? I think he has. I think he had these targets in the summer. He spoke about him not getting them. There's also... Oh, this transfer window. Hey, hey, hey. As soon as Jamie goes... By the way, Jamie's on holiday. If you're, if you're wondering, he's in uh, Lark Hall at the moment. <laughs> um, he was very curious to see if it was true about them having blue subways in that, that neck of the woods and I, th- I think he's got a villa there as well so that's that's where he is he's on holiday for a couple of weeks but do do continue Melly yeah well the deals obviously fell through deals like for Fabian Shah mm. uh, waited and got a better offer we don't know if others do the same it seems to be get, getting very difficult to attract players and with the players he's got right now with the squad he had when he first came in in his second season to what he's got now the quality's went down so much mm. it's unbelievable and he won't be happy with that he wouldn't have envisaged being left with that sort of squad and I don't think he'll be happy at all with it so I can see why he maybe go well six out of six trophies two out of two Champions League give me a bit of money here to push on and I don't think they've done that for him Personally, I'd be quite disappointed if he was to leave kind of at this stage or within the near future because it's the first time he's faced any real yeah, adversity yeah. as Celtic manager. So this is the time to really prove yourself. And I'm, I'm sure he's got his eyes on, well, I'm just going to say a bigger job or another job down south. But if he kind of chucks a towel in the minute that going gets tough, and I don't think he'll get the job that he's looking for. Is there any return from China? For somebody like Brendan Rodgers, because Hunter's a cabbage. Aye, well, yeah. well, there is that, but is there any is there any career progression whatsoever? Because we've seen it's already going to be really difficult for Rodgers to get back where he wants to be. Well, where he wants to be in the future, at the highest levels, probably of English or Spanish or Italian football or something. That's going to be very difficult for him to do from Celtic. So, is China 
a step even further away from that because who who really comes back from China apart from Gervinho who's now tearing up in Italy but who else has gone to Italy uh, China vs Boas I think if he goes to China then he's essentially that's the end of his career Mm. and he'd know that he's going for one final massive payday another few years of working and then he retires he's a bit young to be doing the the Sven thing yeah (laughs) exactly he does it's a strange one but with those numbers that he was getting offered, you mm. can see why he'd think, go see, for a year, go down. for two years, see see how it goes, come back. That's why I ask though, is there a way back? Where's the path but, from China? So the thing is, when, if he was to have this offer and he says to Celtic, I've got the offer, you would then be expecting Celtic to go, wait, we really need to back him now, but it seems to have went the opposite way, as Mel kind of alluded to earlier. So that's why what's happened in the summer, we're still talking about it, weeks and months on. Mm. If he goes to China... Maybe he's realised, look, maybe not Celtic's my level, but I'm not going to get to where I want to be in England. Maybe he's realised that because there's only, what, Tottenham, Chelsea, hmm. possibly that he could go back because he can't go to Man United. He'll not go back to Liverpool. So there's not many clubs he could go to. Maybe that's him. Maybe go go to China, go work abroad in Italy or Spain. And I, I don't really see a job down in England well, did they talk about Leicester and Southampton? Yeah, did maybe Leicester, but I'm not sure that he's going to get the club he wants. So maybe he's realised that. Maybe he just he got sick of being promised things at Celtic, and he's like, "Well, there's a great offer for me, and I'll I'll at, get paid well for it." At this point, we should add the caveat that if this is true, you know, we're talking about this just kind of hypothetically. We don't know for a fact that this is true, but. To be honest, there's an awful lot of smoke around Celtic at the moment for there not to be some sort of well, fire going on. He didn't, he didn't deny that. He, he not all but came out and confirmed the the China. Yeah, he said yeah. there was an offer, but he didn't say no. I rejected it. He said we came to an understanding. Him and the board came to an understanding. So that's where they think he was getting bonus and backed in the transfer. As he should have been getting that anyway. Hmm. He should have been backed anyway. But they promised to back him if he stayed. But it hasn't hasn't panned out. He's not happy. Obviously now he's telling the press stuff. Looks like Peter Lowell's telling the press stuff. He's like, come on, at least grown um, men, at least and professionals. Uh, First hand, he yeah. seems to be willing yeah, yeah, to stand up right. and say it. But obviously, it seems as if Lowell's doing it through a patsy, so to speak. Well, it is important to acknowledge that the board do deserve to get their side out. Whether they're going about it the right way is, is clearly up for debate. But there are there are always two sides to every story, and and the board might just be sick of being the villains all the time. They might just be thinking, well, if we're getting blamed for absolutely everything here, and people don't know what's going on. Again, we're we're not in these circles, right? We're just having some conjecture on the information that is is now widely available to to the public. Now, is he gone? Is he gone this season? At the end of the season? Because it's been suggested even as far as he's kind of one foot out of the door. Not from us, obviously, but yeah. that's that's been said. I don't want him to go at all. I think he's the best possible manager we can get if there's one guy that can turn this around and go out in January and get players and get us back on track. I'd, I'd say it's him, but I've just got the feeling it's all went too far because hmm. Lowell's not going to go. So it's going to be one of the two and see if it is an agreement I'm going at the end of the season or he's decided that doesn't work. It doesn't work in football. So as much it would... It would really hurt me uh, if he's going to go. He'd probably better go now rather than prolonging this and possibly losing 
at getting so close to eight, nine, ten in a row. Mm. If we lose the league and he leaves, it's not just him that will cop it. The board oh. will absolutely cop it then as well. And this can't, this can't go on. This cat and mouse, the mm. two of them releasing this, releasing that, because they were meant to go down on Monday, Lol and Rogers had a meeting with Dermot Desmond. Let's move all this out. Rogers came out swinging on the Tuesday in his press conference, then on Wednesday, he gets hit with that sucker punch of a question. <laughs> Come on, man. This is this should not be happening to our club. No. It should be the other side, but at least we are winning games. I think the, the January transfer window will be very telling whether he's backed or not. And if, if we only if we don't back him and we don't bring any new players and I think we can safely say that he won't be there very much longer. We can't afford to wait. We can't afford to get to January and say, right, you're not staying, so we're not backing you. Team needed refreshing this summer. It's not happened. From the start of the season, you can clearly tell we need three or four players in. We can't go a full season with two strikers, defenders getting injured all the time, no wingers on form, no creativity in the team. It, it can't go on for a full season. It needs to be addressed in January because... Rogers has said it many a time, so well, that's the important window for us. So yeah. we need we need a plan. We need to be going into January and probably have a couple of guys tied up just before yeah. January, get them in and go from there. We we can't have this. If they going don't on have for that. Season. The ball rolling on that already. There's gross misconduct throughout mm. the club because yeah. we've already had one. There's already been gross misconduct. Yeah, we've already before. had a hellish transfer window. The worst two, that I can two, remember. Two poor transfer yeah. windows. The thing is, if if this the transfer again. The, yeah, the transfer window. But if this transfer window results in what ultimately becomes the sort of death knell of the Brendan Rodgers' Celtic career, it will be the worst they've ever had. You can forget that one in two thousand and nine where we failed to get Stephen Fletcher at the time. I think it was. Oh, no, well sorry, that was that was yeah. um, Mowbray. Was two thousand nine, wasn't it? We signed that was the best one ever. <laughs> and uh, Robbie Keane and all that. But but get rid of both centre halves and Scotland. But anyway, the, the reason we bring these things up, the reason I wanted to talk about this was because we kind of tend to focused on the football generally we let other people sort of talk of these things out but at some point it crosses over into being a concern for the football because as you say Gilly if we, if we don't get serious reinforcements in January I think it's a clear indication that, that they're like well why would we throw money at this guy who's got one foot out of the door if Brendan Rodgers is one foot out of the door and everyone knows it then the players know it as well and it rarely goes well it rarely goes well from that point on can you see the players turn it around because they're not going to back the manager just now who's about to leave, and they might try and lowball the replacement as well. Let's face it, it's not going to be a Brendan Rodgers that comes in. No, it's not. It's the best guy we can get, best guy we can hope for. This time last year, everything was rosy. <laughs> One year on, if you had to said this, in a year's time, Brendan Rodgers will be away. You'll not be top of the league. You already lost two games. You'll only have brought in one significant player in the summer window who was already there. Uh, but no, no chance. This this team's going somewhere, the border, backing this manager, and it's just all went to pot. If he goes, if any of this is true, and we hope it not, hope it isn't, who replaces him? I've got my idea. <laughs> if the rumours are to be believed, it's the enthusiasm vampire, if you've called him before, <laughs> Davey Moyes. Oh God, I, I can't be doing with that. And I've, I would need to seriously take some comments oh. back that I've made on this podcast. I, I noticed that he's he started appearing left and right. He's been at a few Celtic... I know it's nothing unusual for him to be at Celtic games, but he's, he's quite apparent now and he's doing interviews with Simon Ferry and yeah. all that thing. He seems to be raising his profile in Glasgow. 
I don't know if he would want it though, because he didn't seem all that enthusiastic about it after Ronnie Dyler when Brendan Rodgers got it. I think well, he, he was interviewed. The two of them were in, they were the last two interviews, right? they? Yeah. So I think the board would feel that be a high caliber guy, but see to me, come on, see the the kind of enthusiasm and. What happened when Rogers uh, came in? We were all there yep. when he was. Yep. That would be the exact opposite for Moyes. I don't think there's one Celtic fan out there who would be excited about him coming in. His last is his last three jobs. He's been absolutely terrible. Sundowns, okay, with West Ham, sort of. Um, thing is, he, uh, he's, he's, even the faces we're making when we talk about these jobs, <laughs> he's he's not going to excite excite any of the fans. And when Rogers came in, he pointed up to the the stadium, the stadium being empty, and he said, "I want to fill that," yep. and, and he did. Because he was big name in his box office. Moyes, unfortunately, you think they've learned a lesson. He's not going to bring in the fans and bring in um, the, the excitement that makes the club special. He's the exact opposite of a Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers came in and galvanised the thing straight yeah, away yeah. and had, as you say, we, we were all, the, the stadium was full again. We had queues around the block for season tickets. David Moyes is not a bad manager, but what what he is is a steady Eddie. He, the reason he got the Man United job was because he'd built a kind of legacy at Everton over a a period of about 11 years or 12 years or something like that that's not really how football works anymore you don't really get that you don't really get a slow build and certainly not at Celtic you've got to come in and hit the ground running you've got to get everybody on your side players, fans, the lot straight away and hit the ground running and and win everything essentially after Brendan Rodgers and that's not what David Moyes has a, a track record of doing Right now we are not playing too well we're not creating a lot of chances David Moyes is not a manager that plays free flow and attacking football. He is the complete opposite. So uh, I, can't, I can't really see how things are going to get better if you're bringing in David Moyes. Anyway, we're dedicating far too much time to David Moyes on this podcast. Here's my idea, though. Hear me out. Steve Clark, head coach, director of football. <laughs> what do you mean he's not qualified I saw your he's not qualified face it doesn't matter could be our Hail Mary the way Rangers yeah. have kind of brought in Gerard and it's lifted them yeah. if we're looking to lift the feeling if Rodgers would believe because people would be down and Henry Larson might not actually be the worst shout but I would maybe not have Steve Clark and have uh, Lennon instead Lennon we're just kind of putting together like a charity game with that Lennon <laughs> but anyway forget all that for now Celtic have played since all this stuff and they went and did a couple of wins and firstly in the quarterfinal of the Betfred Cup against St Johnson making that um, Brendan Rodgers that fifth semi-final in a row since he's been here yes yeah not bad um, the BT broadcast it started off and Brendan Rodgers was interviewed before game and he came on with this like maniacal grin on his face I thought he was kind of overdoing it a bit as if like Things are things are totally fine, but then Chris Sutton appeared and started talking about how he thinks he's off. Basically, he just like, popped the balloon straight away, and I thought, you see, if that was Andy Walker saying Brendan Rodgers is leaving the place with a burst into flames, that's Twitter, <laughs> but you, you can get away with if you're Chris Sutton. Um, the game itself, what did what did you think of it? Game of two halves. Yeah, first half after the press conference on Tuesday, you expect us to come out the traps flying, but I don't know why I expect that because it really happens, but. We created a good few, a few good chances in the first half. Mm. We should have been ahead. Griffiths missed a header from inside the six yard box. A good ball in from uh, Edward and McGregor done his glad back again, where he put exactly that wide right on the stroke of half time. You get that before half time, you're jamming. But I just feel like we need an early goal in one of these games just to settle us down, and mm. then I think Everton will be all right from there. The fact that we're missing a lot of chances. And then getting into half time, 
then the crowd starts to get a bit tetchy and it just it sort of snowballs because it was the same in the Aberdeen game but we created plenty of chances and as soon as the second half started I thought we were much better much much better yeah. back to the I just need to confess unfortunately I, I missed the first half of the St Johnson game because I was playing fives and I said to my dad just text me any goals and let me know how it's going and I came out fives and checked my phone and it was just like this is absolutely brutal <laughs> we're playing the exact same as we have against uh, St Myrne and Kilmarnock um, and he said the Griffiths had missed a sitter I think it was like a one on one he'd spoke about there was one in the second half yeah, I think right. yeah, yeah. similar was... to the one where he went through against Aberdeen he just mm-hmm. sort of battles with the defender gets through and that's not his instinct. His instinct is like his goal. It's not yeah. going through one on one with plenty of time to think about it. He's not. That's not where he excels. But yeah, he's a, he's a poacher. He's yeah, like a six yeah. yard box, eighteen yard box. Yeah, definitely. And we've seen that with his goal. I, I only caught like the last half hour, and I thought Celtic. From what I seen, they were playing at a much higher tempo, playing far more direct, and they deserved their goal one hundred percent. From what I seen, and I know you're oh, saying. Yeah. Um, about the fans getting on their back which can happen but from what I could hear the fans were supporting them brilliantly yeah I thought they were as you say much better more direct we did create a lot of chances and any other time you'd be thinking oh that was a good performance a good result getting that goal after missing all those chances but just because of the, the games previous you're getting worried that oh, it's going to happen it's going to happen again but it was chance after chance we finally do get the goal well deserved it's a bit scrappy but you'll take it right now and when that went in it was apart from the what was that about the 83rd minute or something yeah. like yeah it was going to look it was starting to look like one of those games it's just when that went in it was just a pure relief I was like jumping out my seat <laughs> and something you don't really get that sometimes when you're playing games like St Johnson away but just because things have been so bad recently like, we need a win here we need it and we got a decent performance good we clinically taken goal no a clean sheet and then some utter madness at the end, <laughs> at the end of the day these um, quarterfinals and things like in the cups the performance means absolutely nothing yeah. it's all yeah. about getting into the next round getting to Hamden and getting to the final of these things there was just more of a focus on the performance because it's been so low at the moment yeah. and see be honest like, Melly you, you mentioned they've created plenty of chances and that was good in itself because we've not had that recently I thought Cham was much better he, it was him that sent McGregor through for his uh, Gladbach moment that was a great ball through yeah the I think it looks to me like we've gone four three three the now hmm. instead of the four two three one, and I think it suits our players better. Rogic isn't in the team, but he can't really have any complaints right no. now because he's not been on form. But I think that suits the midfield three of Brown with and Cham just to the right him and McGregor to the left. It's the I don't think McGregor's been on form as much no, either, no. but we need a creative player in there, and I think he's slightly edged over Rogic at the moment. He does, and he he links up play a lot more. But in Cham, when he's in the two, he pushes on quite a lot, mm. and it leaves big gaps. Yeah. So I think with the three in there, maybe tightens up the gaps a bit. Doesn't leave so much space between the defence to midfield to midfield to attack. And uh, I thought it's looked good in the two games. So hopefully. McGregor and the Cham can get their performances out, we'll start to see that coming. On the formation, you said uh, Edward and Griffiths had linked up, and that was actually the first time they'd ever started together. Edward coming in more off the left. What, what do you think of that so far? Cause we've had two games of it now, I know it's early days, but I think that, is it necessity this thing? Are we basically trying to shoehorn Lee Griffiths in to the team because he's, he constantly scores? I think it is a bit necessity, and I think when we've 
got the best from Edward that's when he's been playing that left mm, kind yeah. of side. And naturally, or a, a year ago, you'd be saying it should be Sinclair in there, but obviously with his kind of drop of form. But he's just not hitting form either, um, Edward, and that's mm. the worry because he's, he's, he is getting runs of games and he's like, obviously he's injured now, but he's not really gave as much in the last six weeks at all. We hit the post against Aberdeen, but that's the only flash of anything of yeah. worth we've really seen from him. I think the unfortunate thing with this price tag is that it's going to be focused on a lot. And I don't think it's fair. I think because as Celtic fans, we're not used to spending any kind of money. So the tendency is to think, well, this is a record sign and he's got to be a match winner. I think we should kind of relax on that a wee bit and just let him find his feet because he's not scoring. Just now he hasn't scored in a while. He's got maybe just got one or two all season, I think it is, and maybe about nine or ten games. Problem is he's not missing chances because there's no mm. chances created for him. It seems to be Griffith. At the end of that game, I watched the highlights again. Like, come on, mate! You should have had a hat trick there. That oh, yeah. three guilt edge chances, had a couple against Aberdeen as well. Like, if he buries one of them early in the game, it's a lot easier game. I know he has scored goals and got us out of jail recently, but he has to be a bit more clinical because he is getting a lot of chances. And not a lot of players are, but Edward, he's just got to play through this just now. And maybe it is shoehorning him a bit. He's been sub in both games one was injury mm. one he came off but that left hand side is where we create a lot that's where the goal came from Tierney going down the left putting the ball across Forrest with a header breaks to Griffiths and he slots home so I just maybe these 1-0 wins might not be the best for performances but they're wins and they're clean sheets and you can build on everything else if you keep a clean sheet and you're getting a win the rest can come Yeah. so if we just keep doing this just now playing through this wee bit of rut we should get there in the end it was a bit of a, a pitiful header attempt from your man Forrest I know you're always oh, right. <laughs> one of his techniques uh, always an interest of you <laughs> it wasn't the most natural of headers no I, th- I thought he was alright though and he uh, funnily enough he's, he just signed a new a new contract with, a, with your feelings on that it's just it's kind of one of those easy ones isn't it yeah. just, just, give him, just give him another few years I'm Again, it sounds like I'm being harsh on Forrest. I, I like Forrest, but I'm kind of at the same time slightly ambivalent on him. I, I didn't want to see him go, but when I saw he'd signed a new contract, I was kind of like, eh. He's frustrating. He's, yeah, he, that, you can it. see the best from him. Yeah. And then sometimes, like recently, he's not been out on top of his game. And right now, we really need somebody to give us a spark and we're missing it. And I, I kind of hope that, that, that Sinclair's goal against Aberdeen could, mm. could maybe help him kick on. Another clean sheet, but Ayer limped off in this one. He went on a kind of run forward, but at no point did he look comfortable with it. He looked as if he was sort of gradually becoming more and more injured with every stride. And eventually, sure enough, he tries to kind of turn around to win the ball back and, and pulls up. I can't seem to really catch a break with centre-half just now. Uh, that's him potentially out for about six weeks. Oh, that's <laughs> not great, is it? We, we don't know the extent of Benkovic's injury, mm. how long he's going to be back for, but... With this Salzburg game coming up, you don't want to be going over, the, over there with yeah. Jack Henry and the team. He's done okay the past two games, but uh, he's an okay footballer, but he's not a very good defender. No, he's, Jack Henry. The Aberdeen Aberdeen game will come on to but that'll yeah. be his first starting yep. game when he gets a win bonus, won't it? Of course, that's right. He's finally broken that curse. Speaking of curses, though, the St. Johnson game is the first win we've got with that new strip. Oh, that's just that that green. What, what color is it? Yellow, 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 yellow. High vis. That's that's the first win with that. Yep, Morgan came on for Edward. I thought he looked quite bright. That's something. And we know we'll come on to the Aberdeen game, but maybe this is 
going to be the the kick up the ass Scott Sinclair needs because he's he's got competition. He's he, well, he's had competition for a while because he's not really been in at the team, but he might find himself ticking further and further down that that list on the left hand side. Morgan did did okay, but you want to bring in a guy like that just in from injury into a team that's playing well, and unfortunately we're not playing well just now. We're sort of throwing him in, going here. You try and break them down because nothing else is working. <laughs> I actually but... thought he might have got a start against Aberdeen. I was yeah, a wee yeah, bit so disappointed. That. It would have been quite um, interesting to see him playing mm. that game at home as well. I think he'll get a start soon. I think he's due one um, probably in... Possibly Sunday. After yeah, the... that, that's true. We'll get some Johnson on Sunday. Two of the bigger moments came after the goal, though. Dedrick Boyata was, uh, Madness. was, was yeah. sent off. To anyone who hasn't seen it, he was really angry, like incensed at a sort of challenge that came when the ball was being played through. He didn't bother chasing back. He went straight to the ref and sort of remonstrated with the referee, talked himself into a booking, effectively. The booking never came, no. but the ref was about to brandish a yellow card. Scott Brown's involved, and Scott Brown is trying to kind of calm the situation down. The referee says, I'm no lip-reading expert, but he says it on TV, he says, I'm going to send him off, basically, unless you get him back here. He keeps ranting, he keeps ranting, and that turns into a red card. There were some suggestions that it was a red card for dissent, but I think there's a difference between dissent and abusive language. Yeah, I think he's just completely lost the plot, and God knows what he said, but he certainly looked as if he wasn't too happy with beating him, so I've got to think he's got to say something that's deserved a red. The thing was, if we're going to give the ref any credit here at all, is that he gave him multiple opportunities to not get sent off there. Boyata has, in the kind of red mist he's effectively chosen to get sent off and he didn't complain about it at all he he, he walked, walked off he walked, yeah. yeah it was like do you remember that old tackle was it uh, Vida Reset on Claudio Reina years Aye. ago he made the tackle and then just jogged straight down the <laughs> tunnel and Boyata basically did that it, it was just it was ridiculous behaviour because it just seemed to be over absolutely nothing. It was just needless. It's something that you don't really see from Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team. No. They don't really complain to the referees, even though there's been multiple assaults on players and <laughs> some terrible challenges. It's as if One of those to come. It's as if Aye. he's um, kind of installed it into them. There's no point in get arguing with them because you're not going to get anything. He's going to put them further against you. So just mm. um, go on with the game. But it's as if like, it's been building up and Boyata's just lost the plot. It was so long. It dragged on for so, so long. It, there's no excuses. And I, I saw Brendan Rodgers didn't really have much sympathy for him after the game as well because he, he acknowledged what we've just said as well. He had so many chances to just just calm down, just take your booking and get on with it. I've not followed the story, but I don't know the ins and outs of the, the sort of disciplinary procedure there. Is it two yellows or is it a straight red? Because I think it was a straight red. Yeah, so straight is it effectively red, a straight red? Right, okay. So he's Which suspended. I think he can appeal, but I don't know if there's any point because Celtic will know what he said. Yeah, yeah, if Rogers has come out and said that afterwards. But yeah. disappointing from Bayata because in every game he's played since he made his return, yeah. he's he's you could say he's a shout for a man of the match. Mm. He'll be he does, he does get it against Aberdeen, but he didn't get it in the first few games when he got back. Nah, because you couldn't, he couldn't. No, you couldn't. <laughs> but uh, he's been absolutely peerless in every game and just shows that what we really needed was him to be playing in those games and he's been an absolute colossus at the back. He's not put a foot wrong up until that moment. So it was disappointing and he's going to be missing for the semi-final. As we know, we've drawn hearts and you know what they're going to do. So it'd be a big miss for us in that semi-final. I don't think Lustig covered himself in glory in the incident because he seemed to make things look an awful lot worse than they actually were. When the, the foul was finally given for a foul on oh, Lustig, stamping, uh, he started rolling about. And, and that, that just incensed Boyata even further. That got him even angrier. So I, I really wish Lustig wouldn't do that. So it was all a bit 
unseemly. He, he, he can be guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. After that, again, one of the bigger moments of the game. Scott Bain comes uh, comes out. Well, he doesn't come out flapping it across. He just changes his mind halfway through and leaves the goal completely empty. If he'd stayed in his line there, it was an easy, no just, problem. As an easy catch. But instead, the cross comes in. St. Johnson won the header and it just it goes like inches past the post. I thought when the guy won the header, I thought that's just going to go in. That's yeah, going to go in yeah. just to put the view you had on the telly. sank. It was yeah. like, oh. He'd done all right, Ben. He didn't have much to do, but that's what it's been a Celtic keeper. That's when you earn your money because yeah, you make the, the decision in those moments. You only have maybe one, two, three in a game. You can't be doing that. If that goes in and we go, letting a goal go to extra time, it's... You don't know what happens after that. Ten men going into extra time on the former we're in. It wouldn't wouldn't be a thinking about. That's the worry about bringing in a keeper. Like being, um, not him personally, but if you're not playing week in week out, you to make an impression. Exactly, it? and your your timing's slightly out, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, do I go for it or do I not? And he's made the decision to go for it. You're, like it's just one of those things that it could have went terrible wrong. Thank God it didn't. This is a risk we're running just now with all these one nils as well. I know it's easier said than done. Score more goals. I know everyone would like this to score more goals, but the more one nils you get, the more you're running the risk of dominating possession. But just one of those those moments where you just switch off and look well, at that game. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, got a win as I said. Thoroughly deserved. The, the same perform second half performance was actually very good. I thought. Well, certainly, certainly a huge improvement. Progressed to the semi-final against Hearts. Hearts. There's been all that all this chat about the, the fixtures congestion. It's been a bit of a mess. To, to be honest, it's been covered to death elsewhere. I don't. I don't really have much to add to it other than you know it, it was a bit of a mess. But I'm led to believe that that's the only that's the only outcome there could have been. While I sort of mildly sympathise, I'm not really up for dedicating any on-air time to the logistical problems of Aberdeen and Hearts fans to be perfectly honest it doesn't really affect us other than the, the later kick-off time my solution yeah. for it would have just been to rig the draw and have Celtic play Rangers on <laughs> Sunday <laughs> exactly I, I'm sure they probably especially tried. if they're missing Lafferty and Morelos I would oh. st- I'd still propose that I'll be out of bed at her. But yeah, as I say, the, the fixtures are what they are we, we can't really add anything further to this debate so we'll just go straight on to it. yet another win Absolutely rolling at the moment. Another one 0 one 1-0 against Aberdeen. I thought I thought I, this performance was actually not bad. Aberdeen kind of came to spoil a wee bit, but in fairness, I think Derek McKenna said after the game that he was looking to to sort of contain Celtic by hitting the counter attack, and they, they did that a couple of times. In fairness to them, they, they didn't create they did an it awful well. lot. Yeah, yeah, they they didn't create a whole lot, but they were within a couple of inches of nicking something once or twice. I'm thinking. The Gary McKay Steven chance where he just ran straight through the middle of the defence. Boyata just came up uh, sort of sort of dummied it. No, he just left him. <laughs> if that's gone. against uh, Dundee, Gary McKay Steven buries that, doesn't <laughs> he? Because it's like a big game. No chance. Crucial save for Greg Gordon. <laughs> the other one was James Wilson, who nutmegged oh no, Stephen May nutmegged Jack Henry out in the right hand side. And then James Wilson sort of bent one for the far corner. That was really the kind of... The header as well from a corner. It was so it was, off yeah, yeah, it was cleared off. That's right. Jack Henry, that was his first game he started mm. with. Obviously, he wins, but just watching him in the game, as you said, like, just he just looks clumsy sometimes, yeah. and it's not... He gets himself into these positions. It's not... He finds himself in these positions. It's his, his touch, his positioning. I just can't really take to him. He done okay. I've seen a lot of people saying... 
he played well. I thought he did okay, but did he do well for Jack Henry or did he I do think... it? There's something about him that annoys me, man. He just, he's like <laughs> one of the guys that starts seeing your ex or something. There's just something about him I can't go, man. I think there's a there's an over-keenness to, to be like, well, oh, where's all the doubters now? Like, I think there's a wee bit too much of that just now. There's the kind of, we talk about it all the time, the overcompensation to the, to the overreaction. People are maybe perceiving that he's getting a hard time of it just now and not, not without merit. It has to be said, he hasn't been very good. But I think people are sort of wanting to be on the other side of it for when he, you know, hopefully comes good. I slaughtered him on our kind of uh, history boys chat after the commandment yeah. game because I thought he was just defending from both the goals was absolutely non, no, non-existent exactly. really. But his defending on Saturday against Aberdeen wasn't great either. But what no. he did do is he, he kind of he carried the ball a few, forward a few times really well and moved us from defence uh, 20, 30 yards up the park mm-hmm. where previously he'd have just took a pass to Lustig or to Bayata or back to the keeper and I think he's been told because it seemed obvious that he was doing that and it, a few times um, he maybe didn't cho- choose the right pass but it's better trying that than playing a square ball and getting us nowhere. Yeah. That's what we need. We need him or Ayer to be doing that. The Ayer wasn't playing so you'd think, well, Henry... That's what he was bought for because he is that type of defender. So it does make a difference when teams are sitting in so deep. If you've got him pushing on, we've seen Brendan Rodgers' teams do it time and time again. That's what he wants, somebody to break the line, somebody to be that extra man in midfield and create something, get a ball that creates something, get it going instead of going, Lustig back into Boyata, back to Hendry. But we did create a good... A fair few chances. James Forrest is a great chance. A couple, couple of minutes, minutes in. Yeah. And if a you bury and that, you're on. That's Aberdeen's game plan done. Two minutes in yeah. and we're flying. But like we are talking about earlier with the St. Johnson game. The goal comes that late on. We're kind of desperate for it. If the goal comes that early against Aberdeen, we probably would have went on and win 3 or 4 now when you'd be talking about best performance yeah. of the season. Yeah, absolutely. We just need one game for just that, everything to click and I think it will be okay. Cause to be honest, it might it might even be the best performance of the season so far. It's not really a big... Well, apart from Rangers. If yeah. we take Rangers out of the equation, which were, which are always fairly safe anyway, it probably is. It's only really up against I would say Livingston. So. I would say, yeah, that the Aberdeen game was probably our best yeah. game. It reminded me a lot of our game against uh, Rosenberg, where it was two teams with not a lot of flair, but mm. were very uh, capable. They yeah. all knew how to do their jobs. That, that's a, that Aberdeen. They are brutal to watch, but as we spoke about just before, they're effective. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They, they come in. It's basically Logan and then Considine's not a fullback, is he? No. Another no, centre-half no. at fullback. And they're just looking to hit us on the break with McGinn and Gary McKay-Steven and the two strikers. McInnes essentially said that after the game. He, he said they had his, his defence in his midfield and he had his ball carriers who were McKay-Steven and McGinn. And you've seen that at the game. The, the, every attack was, was down the right wing. They played so wide and they had... I was surprised that they also had two up front. They had May and uh, Wilson. Obviously, May was kind of dropping deeper mm. to fill in. But I was saying to Tony, who does History Boys abroad earlier, they were committing four players forward when they were attacking us, yeah. which when we, when we countered that, we could have outnumbered them a wee bit more than we usually would teams who sit in so much. I don't usually see people like St Mirren or Hamlin even committing four players forward. On Henry, just to go back to that a wee bit, you say at least trying to drive forward with the ball. I don't mind that at all. That's something Brendan Rodgers has, has said, that he wants defenders to, to be able to bring the ball through to essentially kind of 
break presses and start attacks from the back. I'm, I'm all for it. It's fine. And I don't really mind if he gives the ball away, which he did once or you twice. You give the ball away 60, 70 yards yeah. from your own goals. You really shouldn't be losing a goal from there unless you're playing the top, top quality opposition. I think people are a wee bit too... Myself included, I'm guilty of it as well. People are a wee bit too nervous when a defender does it. When really, it doesn't really matter when, if... When Jack Henry does it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if a defender does it more than if Encham or Forrest does it. They dribble forward and give the ball away as well. But I think... I think we're just not used to centre halves doing it, and we think, "Oh God, this yeah. is this is all going to fall apart because you're not back into position." But again, that doesn't really matter either because if he goes forward, what happens is Scott Brown just drops in and becomes another centre half. Everything's covered. So I think it, there's still a lot of nerves around Jack Henry, and and for good reason. He has he's earned this reputation through his sort of shaky performances. But I've seen enough to at least give him a chance. I think we just need to ease off him and don't don't jump in there with it. He was amazing. He doesn't need that. Nor does he need told he's garbage either. And I, I'd love for him to prove me wrong. I said last week that he just doesn't look like a good player to me. Aberdeen, he wasn't great. Maybe a six and a half out of ten. And that's that's fine for now. He's where he should be right now because if Benkovic was fit, he'd start. If Aya was fit, he'd start. And then the two of them aren't fit. So Henry's in beside Boyata. So that's that's fair enough. A fourth choice. I, I think he'd be behind Simonovic as well, mm. to be fair. So Possibly. Look, 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 but... Uh, that's, that's about the level when you yeah. get a guy like that and you think, well, yep, you've got your two mainstays, then you probably are behind that and then Henry if all else, everybody else is injured and that's what we're working with right now. Big test for him Saturday. James Wilson's a good player yeah. and an even bigger test on Thursday so we'll see how he gets on now. Another contentious refereeing decision, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> Scott McKenna assaults odds uh, on Edwards. Who do you think through. McKenna played? Like, I know we were linked with him, I just... I like. I think the last time I was on the pod with you, as I said, I've watched him a few times. I just there's not much there. Mm. You think he's a good player to sign, and again Saturday I tried to watch him, and I, apart from that, that um, assault we were going to talk about, <laughs> I didn't really see much from him. No, no, just you're, a big you're reach at the back, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I've heard. I've I've actually heard that he's he's got more to him than that. He's he's played a couple of things for Scotland now as yeah. well. He's actually better with the ball at his feet than he's let on. These are maybe instructions from McInnes that he doesn't really play with it too much at the back. Who knows? I came around when that I was on holiday when all this was happening with the derisory bids going in for Scott McKenna and we were talking about ten million. I was like, this is ridiculous. But I kind of came around to the idea because see, see to be honest that I'm I've given up just assuming that there is better out there. Because I don't think that's very helpful either. There probably is better out there, but see these people who say, no, we could go to Croatia and sign it. Who knows? Who? You can't really just say, oh, there's a better player in Switzerland, we should go and sign him. I've never seen it with the guy, but as you say, I only really see him when Celtic play Aberdeen and he doesn't look great to me. I always think that's the measure, but he should, they're the sort of games, they're the games I noticed John McGinnon because he was performing and giving as good as he got and more in games against Celtic. That's the level you're wanting to be performing at if you're going to... Players always need to stand out for me against Celtic, yeah. against Rangers and against all the other teams if they're going to come and do well. So I don't see it from him, but I don't think we'll be going back in for him, to be honest. Was that his big audition? This this big moment in the game? Was this him trying to impress Brendan Rodgers? <laughs> Not very impressive. <laughs> so the ball kind of comes through the midfield. It's kind of bouncing. Is it kind of bouncing? Yeah, yeah Griffiths, that's right. It? And Scott McKenna comes out. Plays the ball first. It has to be. It has to be noted, right? He touches the ball. Yeah, it's not it, as if it it changes direction in any great deal. He kind of just sort gets of, a touch on he it. He sort of bounces it off Edward, which is why in that picture 
the picture that's been doing the rounds isn't very helpful because that looks as if the ball's miles away and he has steamed straight past mm-hmm. the ball into his hip. That's not really what happened. He played the ball off Edward and it bounced away. But how far do we go with this? He played the ball first thing. How? What's the limit on that? Because surely that's well get... beyond the limit as far as I'm concerned. Like, you can't tackle it that. It's no. in, imagine you're going to tackle that in any other top European league or the World Cup <laughs> or in Europe. You would, <laughs> I, it would be a straight red and there would be no complaints. I think not even a foul. We spoke about this recently. If we are going to blatantly say you can kick people out getting sent off, this is what's going to happen because yeah. we'll, there's a scissor kick that's not sending off. That's not even a foul anymore. So, so yeah, Edward gets, gets injured. A possible doubt for Thursday for Salzburg. Um, hopefully not I think it's just a dead leg hopefully he can recover from that but someone who made his case to replace Edward got his goal his second goal of the season you must have been delighted 2 20 2 yeah. 20 for anyone who doesn't know yeah, if this is your, the first episode you've ever heard Melly has somewhat outrageously not outrageous predicted that Scott Sinclair will score 20 goals this season <laughs> so we're back, back. We're I did this while he was playing at the start of the yeah, season but it was a bit strange him coming on because Morgan got on ahead of him during the week mm. and looked to have done okay. So it was a bit weird. Sinclair came on instead of Morgan, but Sinclair, he's been there, done it. He knows what it takes. I'm hoping this is the turning point for him. He's seen by his celeb- I know. He's seen by his celebration. It was just sweet relief for him. He was absolutely loving it. Lovely finish as well. Hopefully... This is it, boys. He, was, he nearly got a second as well, but mm, a few yeah. minutes later, you could see him try to bend it in the corner yeah. and someone just got a wee touch. And I think if he'd scored that, we could probably say that'll be him. Yeah. He'll be back. But that goal, hopefully that's what's needed because we need Scott Sinclair playing well. Yeah. We need or Roderick or somebody. So hopefully Sinclair can give us that spark that we, we bit of something special that we're missing. Well, including this game, the Aberdeen game, that's Rogic hasn't started the last the last three games. We had a wee bit of a debate last week over whether he'd been rested or dropped. And I don't... Th- I think people to focus on the word dropped as if it's like a, this massive like thing, as if it's a like, pejorative. He, he's been dropped. I think it's just easy for Rogic. I think he's just the one who suffers when the, there's a change need made. He's the... He's the one who lifts out the easiest when you need to make a change of formation. I think he's just the one that suffers from that. He does. He's not a luxury player, but mm. sometimes if things aren't going well, you're better just bringing McGregor and Cham in. You know what you're going to get out of them. And beside Brown, it's a bit more steady. Well, Rogic, you're thinking sometimes he might need to come off after a certain time or if he's not having a good game on to make this change whereas if you can introduce him when you're needing a goal sometimes it might be a bit better but he can't really have any complaints right now because no. he hasn't been on form for quite a while this season great goal from Sinclair though great back oh, heel oh lovely bit of magic he had a lot to do with that as well it's not like on the same day we had a goal from Felipe Anderson at West Ham he scored a sort of back heel as well but really what he was doing he was guiding the ball and all the power was on the cross mm-hmm. Sinclair had to dig it out himself there was no roll on the ball or anything it was stuck under his feet and he still managed to get it out from under him so he, he stuck it away well the celebration was the key thing for me because that's probably the happiest he's looked since that celebration for his Hearts. first goal against Hearts like Melly said it was 100% relief Yeah, he, he's, he must be pressure on him he must be feeling it because everyone's been saying what's wrong with him like, is he depressed and things mm-hmm. like that so he knows himself he's not playing well that was the goal that he needed and I think he just he took the keeper by surprise the keeper probably not had a chance even to think about no. setting himself because he's got his back to goal he's not expecting like a, a back heel coming at all it's just again like Griffiths it's instinctive he, Sinclair probably didn't really 
think about it mm. at all. He just done it, and maybe that that will be the catalyst for him now because I was a hungover mess yesterday. I just played some football <laughs> manager and uh, watched the Invincibles DVD. That guy, man, just got the ball, bent it into the faraway corner, game after game, scored in his first what eight games or something. Aye. Was that, it yeah. twenty five and fifty or something? His first season, and now he's got that makes it three and thirty two. His last thirty two appearances, so. 18 and 18, this is him, start of the run. But uh, that's us at 19 minutes, so we better better crack through this last minute <laughs> on 20 minute terms. <laughs> uh, um, Salzburg, go to Salzburg on Thursday, that's that's going to be a big, uh, yeah. a game. big test. Yeah, a good, good team. Arguably the, the hardest game now of the group, group yeah. probably, away to, to Salzburg. Of the season, probably. Yeah, exactly. Team news, Ayers definitely out. Benkovic, we don't know. I take it there's been no further news on that. No, no then it's quite quiet on that, that yeah. front. Usually you get snippets of all the time, uh, time lines will be out, but no, I've not heard anything. Edward, we know about dead leg. Hopefully he'll be mm-hmm. he'll be back. But again, I, I get Scott in there. Yeah, I don't mind pace, so much. Pace, just the pace on the, I think, the counter attack. Yeah, Sinclair. And I, I'd also try and get Malumbu in there. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I was about to ask you what kind of team you go with. How do you, do you are we going to have to go full scale pragmatic here and just try and get a point? I think um, well, we wouldn't ever admit to going for a point. Maybe try and play wise and yeah. contain them and try and attack on the break and get all three points. But if we get the point, we'll be happy with oh, that. Yeah. And that's why I would also try and get Sinclair in there for his pace. If you're if you're being sort of confident, if you're being sort of you know ultimate confidence about it, you're you're talking. <laughs> Three home wins and away draws. That's kind of how you look at these groups, isn't it? So really, a draw would be an absolutely great result in this. Oh, a draw would be a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. They take a point right now. I don't think there's any many Celtic fans out there who wouldn't take a, a draw in this game. Salzburg, the top of the Austrian league, predictably enough, they're, they're yeah, always going to be kind real. of the same form as Celtic right now, aren't they? Yeah, oh, no, they, they've won nine out of nine. <laughs> they've won nine out of nine, scoring twenty four goals in the league. That's sort of two point six goals on average to Celtic's one seven goals in seven games. They've got the top scorer in the league, it's Moanes Dabur. Don't know banging much about them in. But, yeah, Israeli striker who's absolutely banging them in. Any any funky team selections here? We've just had a shout from Olumbo. You buying that, Melly? I'd probably go the same. Well, if Benkovic is fit, he obviously goes yeah. in, but probably be Lustig, Tierney, Boyata, and Hendry. I'd stick with the three in midfield. I think that can be compact and go forward. And I'd go with Forrest Sinclair and Griffiths and hopefully catch him in the break. Which of the which of the varied striking options do you go for, Gilly? Um, well, you give me the hard questions. <laughs> Probably go with Griffiths, eh? Right, yeah, 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 good show, good show. This game is going to be different from what we've been playing recently. They're not going to sit back, scarily. They're going to come at us, mm. which is a worry, but we're not letting in goals, but we're not came up against Touch a team wood. of mm. uh, this calibre. But that, that could work in our favour, because teams that are just sitting in we're finding it hard to create against them, but if we've got a bit of space, hopefully we can exploit that with the pace of the free up front yeah. and Cham and McGregor getting forward. We're going to need big games off in Cham and McGregor and Brown. It's going to be a massive game. McGregor's the play. one I would maybe leave out from yeah. Malumbu and I'd maybe ask in Cham to push forward a wee no, bit I more. That. That, that's I'd maybe try that. Obviously, Rogers will know himself if that's something that's, that could work but it's just when you asked earlier what kind of team that's one I would kind of toy with because I'd like to see um, Malumbu in there for protection that would give help with Brown Mel, it's something you said earlier that when Cham gets forward they sometimes leave space at the back so maybe that's the ideal solution to it Possibly, 
it's a decent enough shout. McGregor hasn't been on form, but we know what Rogers is like in these ties. He goes with he's tried and tested, doesn't he? So and in fairness, yeah. McGregor's McGregor's a big game player. Or, he is. Or often is on occasion. No, he'll miss a good chance, but no, <laughs> this is the sort of game where Lustig is affected. Well, he's a worry, but this is that he's effective because there's no chance he's going to get forward in this game. So I think he'll just be up to Tierney to get forward down that side, and he'll just sit. And we know he can defend, but I was just need to pray the left wingers not get any pace. I think we can we can all but accept. We'll take it right now as as a definite. We're going to concede a silly goal at some point, whether it's <laughs> first, aye, whether it's first or later on in the game. I think we're absolutely guaranteed to do it. So we just need to hope that the goals are going to come now because. As we've said several times tonight, we're just no scoring enough goals. It's been one nils left and right. Hopefully, this is a chance. Unlikely, it seems. I'm not particularly confident about it. Because I, I don't think this team have lost a game all season, have they? No. They're through in the cup and in the Champions League. They got to the playoff round. And the then same drew it with Star a couple of times. We didn't, didn't even they? get that. Uh, we, they yeah. drew 0 away from home and then drew two each yeah. at home but they absolutely from having a quick look at the stats they had 20 odd shots in goal yeah. and Red Star had three and scored two and went through in the away goals rule so I think they were unlucky there so we can't underestimate this team at all this is going to be a tough tough game I'd say it's going to be tougher than Anderlecht last year mm. for example away from home I know we won that pretty convincingly but I think they're a better team than Anderlecht so it's going to be a real big test for us and result aside I'm looking for a good performance from us just to keep this sort of yeah. momentum going. I, I don't think we'll get the win out there. I'd be delighted with a draw, but even if we a narrow victory with a decent performance, something we can build on. Like we mentioned earlier, obviously when Rodgers came in, he spoke about um, improving Celtic in Europe. And these are the games where you think, yeah, they're a good team and they've got money put into them, but we should be able to compete with them. So yeah. if, we, if we were to go out and get beat uh, convincingly, you'd be thinking, right, he's had... Two and a half years, that, is, that would be a big worry. And a lot of people start to ask questions then because the PSG, Barcelona, taking doings off them, like the super clubs, not many teams will get close yeah. to them. The, this this team aren't far from where we should be, like the kind of level we should be playing at. I really, I want to see us, Melly, seeing that a good performance and do us proud. Our draw isn't beyond the realms of possibility because we've Been done, it, done it before. In 2014, we've got the same team, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, let's do that. Let's round us off with a wee quiz here. I've got the line up in front of me. We're going to have a wee shoot out. Sudden death, right? Name players who played in that game. Subs who came on count. Kelly, seeing as you're a guest, you can you get to shoot first. Winner gets a official 20-minute Tim's mug. <laughs> so this is 2014 Ronnie Dyla era. Uh, two each away from home at Red Bull Salzburg. Scott Brown is correct. Lacasso. Scored in that game, actually. Lacasso is correct. Scored. I think that was his debut. Was it? So that's the two scorers right of the way. Pressure's on. Lustig is incorrect. Oh, Melly to steal. Craig Gordon, correct. Ah. So you could add Gordon, Ambrose, Denier, Van Dyke, Izagiri, McGregor, Brown, Johansson, Commons, Skepovic, Wakaso, Kyle, Tonev, or Stokes. Jeez, oh. maybe maybe we're not as bad as I think. Look at the bench: Berget, Zaluska, Tonev. <laughs> <laughs> Tonev was actually when I was thinking of putting out O'Connell as well. He was he was also on the bench. But anyway, that's that's Salzburg. Um, are we confident? Or is it really just a case of just trying to get something out of this? I don't think we'd probably be down on this, but I would say confident. But we've got a chance, and like um, you're saying, it's a different game. They're going to yeah. attack us, so let's see how it goes. I'm um, I'm not confident, but this team I think are a lot better than. 
people give him credit for. They've got a lot of money in them. Nine out of nine in the league. They're absolutely dishing out doings in the cup as well. That's the way we should be playing. That's yeah. the level we should be at in our league uh, with the money we're paying and the players we have. But we're not doing it just now. They are. So it's going to be a difficult game. But this could be the game like... Every other game we spoke about recently could be the catalyst for this <laughs> yeah, big again. turn in the season when we start beating teams. But as I said, I'm just looking for a performance, something to build on. Then we've got St. Johnston and then it's an international break. So if we can get through these next two games unscathed, we should be good. Indeed. And that'll about do us. Thanks very much for Gilly for appearing once again on 20 Minute Tims. Thanks, Melly. All the usual housekeeping. We've got patreon.com forward slash 20 Minute Tims. If you want extra podcasts from us, we've just recently got our 300th patron. So thanks very much for everyone who does that. We really appreciate it. Elsewhere, you can find us on Spotify or the Celtic News Now app for all your, all your Celtic news. Could you do us a favour though? Could you leave us a wee review on iTunes? Five stars, of course. Um, that, funny ones, yeah. Really funny ones. Nice. We, we, we generally uh, tweet those out. That, that's that'd be a great help. Thanks very much, and thanks for listening. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.